0: You know what really makes us mad, is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah, talk about punk! What's up, posers? Welcome to Punk Lotto Pod. I am your co-host, Justin Hensley. And I am your co-host, Bowie Springsteen. <laughs> Is he a man? Is he a car? Is he a guitar? Is he all three? We're on our own on this episode. Yeah. So we're going to get real weird with it. You should be Jeep Springsteen now. <laughs> no, he got... They pulled the ad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He wasted their money. It's so great. Sure I'll do a car commercial. <laughs> Little do you know that the uh my recent DUI is about to get leaked. <laughs> court court documents are going to be released. <laughs> it is funny though like I, the story was funny enough that I was like, "Come on, you can put the ad back up. No one's going to really be mad." Right. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're going old school today. No guests, just us that's that's not been good for us in the past uh it did not help build an audience uh, <laughs> historically not a good thing at least one person yeah w- wanted wanted us to go back to our more truly random format uh so this is for you yeah much appreciated that you sent me that really long email you know talking about listening to our show but uh it's very well appreciated. So, yeah, we're doing an old school style. Uh, so this is the show where using the rate your music punk charts and a number generator, we choose one album. No EP.
1: To yeah, we're, not doing that.
0: we're not going that old school. Yeah. We don't have that. We didn't have, well, we also decided to do this this today. So <laughs> there's a very large chance that if we do any more of these throwback episodes, it's because someone <laughs> dropped out at the last minute or yeah. something got rescheduled. Yeah, it's a rescheduling that really doesn't affect our other scheduling. Uh, we're I was probably going to have us do this anyway next week, but it's just a week early now. But not really. Time's weird because my scheduling's going to be off, but whatever. Yes. Yeah, so this is the show. I mean, I, this is weird. Like, normally you have, like, a little mini interview up here or, like, a getting to know you type section. What you've been doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, work sucks. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? <laughs> Uh, airline sucks. food's weird I know Yeah, Leave it's... me roses by the stairs <laughs> Surprises let me know she cares Huh, yeah I've been buying a lot of records online Ooh, <laughs> That's a trap yeah, It's usually just when somebody puts out a record On like the Friday i listen through like everything that came out And then decide if I want to buy the record And I've bought something in the last couple, Every week for the last couple weeks Just because it's good yeah, I really need to buy that Sonderbaums record. Yeah, I need to buy that one, too. Found a copy of Psychedelic Jungle for $25 at Lunchbox in Charlotte yesterday. Pretty happy about that. It's an original IRS copy. Nice. Luckily, like, I was like 20. Anytime I see a record used that has, like, that kind of price on it, I'm like, okay, why is it this price? Is it this price because it's an original pressing? And so then I'll go online to look to see if there's, like, a newer pressing that's cheaper. Yeah. If there's not, then I go, then I'll buy it. You know, like... Apparently, it's not cheaper, so. Yeah. Um, I just bought a a copy of uh, Grand Prix by Teenage Fan Club, one of the reissue copies, um, but I found it on Discogs for like 25 I want to say, and that record's like 35 new. It's super expensive. Like All those t- Teenage Fan Club reissues are really expensive for some reason. I guess it was just like a UK label did it, and so they're imported copies. Yeah, they are. That's why they're that much creation i think redid them so that's why they're expensive but uh yeah so i need to snap, snap those up before they're gone gone too the yeah. merch stuff merch stuff's easier to get a hold of because it's you know here <laughs> they have a new record that was being delayed i can really looking forward to hearing it but they were delaying it they say covid is why they delayed it and they like postponed a bunch of their shows that they scheduled but it's just odd to me they even booked shows because it seemed weird. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they just booked. They probably had the shows booked pretty far in advance. But now that they're laying on the record too, I guess they want to be closer to maybe some shows. But I, I still don't think they're going to have any shows after that. But I don't see it happening this year. Uh, Not really. Big. No. That uh that that second wave, that new strain, that's going to hit hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Bummer time. Yeah, it's always great when we start the show off with. Two week old uh, takes on the um, COVID stats. (laughs) Yeah. Did they not hear? The third variant is the worst variant of all. Yeah. Okay. So that's enough chitter chatter. Um, Mm. Enough jibber jabber, as uh, my friend at work says regularly. Using a number generator. Uh, We got the year 1982. And as usual, we like to take a look at the rate your music charts for that year. That's not I mean, we still do that, but we don't say that we do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very rate your music based the first 60 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is our weird Internet music nerd uh, fetishist uh, (laughs) is really alienating uh, to your average podcast listener. Uh, I'm surprised at how often people that we've talked to on this show are not aware of this website. It's very vast. Like, it's full of stuff. It's, like, the biggest website I can think of that people would not be that well aware of. <laughs> to me, it'd be like not being aware of Last.fm, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. It's, yeah, because I just, for the purposes of this show, there's no other website that I could have thought of. Yeah. For having this kind of data archive. Yeah. Anyway, let's take a look at the charts. Uh, Um, Let's do this. Uh, Let's look at some runners up, even though we do not. (laughs) We our guests (laughs) pick the record. Uh, If you were the guest on this episode, you got 1982. What would you have picked? (laughs) Trying to like blend old old format with current format. I would really want to revisit plastic surgery disasters. Really? As an as an adult. <laughs> How does that hold up? Because in my head, it's still a good one. Yeah, it be it became the one that you're like that one's good still. But it's really we just I think we just listened to the other ones too much. Because I mean, it's got it's got Halloween. Yeah, and I am the owl. I am the owl. Moon over Moren. Some mm. really great Dead Kennedy songs. Um, and even as far as like you know the bigger ones, Terminal Preppy and and um. I mean, forest fire is not great. <laughs> <laughs> a government flu, Winnebago Warrior, Warrior. You know those songs, the songs that they played live a lot. I would be, I'd be interested in doing that one, um, though. Also, Verses by Mission of Burma—that's a personal favorite record there, as far as eighties punk records go. Yeah, if it was up to me, I would probably pick A Flock of Seagulls' self-titled record. If you've never listened to that record. Every, and they're they're a joke man in the sense that like <laughs> Iran band with the funny hair. Yeah, <laughs> no, this record is amazing <laughs> from beginning to end. This record is fantastic. Pure poppy new wave post-punk goodness. If if you are you think of them as the Iran band, you clearly have not listened to Space Age Love Song. Yeah, Flock of Seagulls is a good band. They I mean, they re- have they need a reevaluation really record. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of their discography. Well, yeah. But that's a good one. Mm. I, really cool, cool year. Um, X is under the big black sun. That's my favorite X record. Great record. Perfect record. If I was gonna uh, only go, Boingo's "Nothing to Fear." Very, very good record. Uh, it doesn't have like the hits on it. That's like the that's that's the one that you're just like, oh, right, this is just a really, really good band. <laughs> yeah, there's some good. There's some stuff on this list that. I would actually have a... I'd have a pretty hard time picking something, even just off this first page. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than the ones we've mentioned, there's Songs of the Free by Gang of Four. I would I would love to dig into that one and, and talk about that. There's Forever Now other, by Psychedelic Furs. There's fucking Bad Brains by Bad Brains. Right. <laughs> oh Yeah, I mean, I'm not even hitting the, the classic, like, the huge records. Like, these are just, like, intriguing to me. Um... There's that. Uh, there's Miami by the Gun Club, which is a great record. I would love to dig into that one as well. That fall record, Hicks induction edu- induction hour would be great to listen to. I've listened to that record before, but I would love to like dig on that one. You know, even even I would like want to do that one of that uh, one of those Orange Juice records just because I'm like I like what I've heard from Orange Juice and I don't know much about them. Mm-hmm. So like I would want to just like dig on something that I. Not really spent much time with before. I mean, there's a Killing Joke record. There's a Felt record. Um, really interesting stuff. There's Millions of Dead Cops. Uh, <laughs> it's important. Yeah. I love that album cover. I truly love that album cover. It's <laughs> way too good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I really want that Millions of Dead Clancy's pen. <laughs> the, the Chief Wiggum. Yeah. Uh, the Faith Void Split. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about later, right? Um, <clears throat> How could hell be any worse by bad religion, early bad religion? Susie and the Banshees, kiss in the dream house. Dylan, you need to get on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little familiar with that one, so that it'll be a little easier. Hell, that Bauhaus record, I I just want to dig on, you know, like <laughs> want to listen to all this stuff. I don't want to listen to Flipper. No, I've heard it. It's yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Ha ha is good. <clears throat> Um, There's the record by Fear. Fear are a band that's better than they should be. And according to Radio Music, the number one punk record that came out in 1982 is Pornography by The Cure. I disagree. I've listened to this record. I don't think it's the best record, punk record in 1982 or punk-related record. I do think Bad Brains should be higher. Um, Yeah, pornography... <laughs> I was buying pornography. <laughs> um, it's got 100 years, I guess. I mean, I guess this is actually ranked by popularity, too. We have right. to mention that, too. So. It has cold. I mean, early cure is difficult for me. Yeah, I definitely like pop cure better. I guess if we were to rank it by top, I have a feeling it's still going to be the cure. Just based on my use of this website and how often they tend to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's if you look at the um, the non-punk charts, it's the number one record of 82. Period. Period. So there's it's not moving. Um, I kind of want to talk about those charts. But before I do that, I do want to mention Combat Rock uh, by The Clash. Pop Clash. Uh, Better than you think. Uh, Milo Goes to College. It's a classic. It's a keeper. Uh, Walk Among Us by The Misfits as well. Yeah, I guess I was like glossing over these like iconic classic records right. <laughs> just because it's like ugh, whatever we don't need to talk about the misfits ever but it's like well it came out in 82 so i guess it yeah. <laughs> wasn't doing my job in explaining what else was going on the massive record uh sonic youth by sonic youth uh, eh. Eh. here's my hot take sonic youth are a bad band they're boring i people. wouldn't say bad Oh, yeah. Well, that goes against my normal rule of saying anything's bad. I just don't like it. I really, really, really don't like it. Uh, but what else was going on in 82? Yeah, tell me. You, you've, you've been hinting at this since the Patreon. Well, okay. I mean, fucking thriller. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's that year, you know. Um, Nebraska by Springsteen. The one that everyone wants to say is his best. When it's not, it's a demo. <laughs> um, Some... Big metal records. Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest. Um, 1999 by Prince. Right. Um, this was this. I Coda by Led Zeppelin came out in 82. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. My grasp of the Led Zeppelin discography is very, very mixed up. I don't know when anything came out. I thought all their stuff was the 70s. And it all is except Coda. So that makes sense. But my brain also thought Presence was later than Coda. (laughs) Because it sounds like it is. Because Coda is actually a compilation record. Oh, this dumb website. So it's treated as its own. Most people consider it its own record. Because the band kind of treated it as its own record. But I mean, they were done by this point. They were way done by this point. (laughs) I don't think they played any shows in the 80s um john john died in 1980 so yeah. okay <clears throat> but coda is good it's better than presence <laughs> presence is weird coda is is like classic middle period zeppelin wearing and tearing is such a great song <laughs> that kicks ass um avalon by roxy music i'm kind of surprised that doesn't show up on the punk charts but i guess yeah it's well no, very much more poppy there's a couple like that like duran duran's rio Like. For some reason, this website doesn't consider New Wave an actual subgenre of punk, even though it is 100% a subgenre of punk. It's just post-punk done in a pop sensibility. English Settlement by XTC. Absolutely relevant to to punk. That's a good record. Um, Black Metal by Venom came out that year as well. That's another big metal record. Love Over Gold by Dire Straits. For some reason, I have most of the Dire Straits discography on vinyl. (laughs) That's probably my least favorite one. But it, I have it <laughs> yeah that's a good one. I like it I don't I like the first three more than I like low Ever gold um there's Imperial bedroom by Elvis Costello it's dreadful Dean's <laughs> <laughs> oh. got hot space what's on that one there's always one single on those records Hot space has Ooh. under pressure Ooh, I was like, oh no I don't know any of these songs in the very last track under pressure <laughs> I don't think Hot Space is considered one of the better Queen records. No, it is not. Iron Fist by Motorhead. Um, that's on page two. That's, again, relevant to punk. Well, like, there's a fucking Depeche Mode record. And every other year, Depeche Mode is on the punk charts. Right. Diver, Diver Down by Van Halen. Uh, that has got Pretty Woman dancing in the street. Kevin Rowland and the Dexys Midnight Runners, to Rye," I own that record. It's fantastic. It's so good. "Come on, Eileen's" almost like it's it's uh, self parody at this point. But it, God, that's uh, that record is fun. <laughs> Let's make this precious is uh, brilliant. My punk points are going down. <laughs> yeah, uh, "Shoot Out the Lights" by Richard and Linda Thompson. That's a pretty good record. Uh, some bluesy kind of British folk rock. Um, Let's just get way off off the rails. Yeah. Kisses Creatures of the Night. That's not a good record. What's on that one? It's, 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 um... Creatures of the Night. (laughs) Yeah. That's the big single. Ooh. Uh, It's an Eric Carr record. Yeah, it's an Eric Carr of any Vincent record. Yeah. The one after The Elder. Oof. (laughs) Is Lick It Up better than Creatures of the Night? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Can't say for sure. Oh, yeah. Grandmaster Flash of the Furious Five. Hell yeah. The Who? eraser head soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> uh the jam. Hey, why isn't the jam on the punk charts? The gift. I don't I don't know, but the gift is good. I've heard it. The jam are great because it's power pop Mod revival I anyway website. <laughs> I am not familiar with that John Cale record. It might not be one of the better ones. Uh is that the last Marvin Gaye record? I have no idea. But the first Billy Idol record is there. Yeah, it is. It is because he died in 84. Is Billy Idol? Consi- he's not really considered punk, even though he's just like still got the bleached hair and the spikes and the leather and like straight up just still doing Billy, Billy Idol. White Wedding, Robert Plant solo record, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Long After Dark. I love that record. I love that record. What? So underrated. In the in the Tom Petty discography, it is the one... It's one of the, like... Huh? What? That one, too? Just because it doesn't have, like... It's got... You got Lucky! It's got... Deliver Me! A it do- it's such a good record! It doesn't have the single, though, like... Because, you know, like, Hard Promises at least has The Waiting. And uh, Southern Accents has... Don't come around here. Yeah. Long After Dark doesn't have, like... A big single to latch onto. Though overall, it's a great record. Just like it's a better record than Southern Accent says. You know. Oh um, yeah, easily. It's way more consistent. It it it's, it may be overall better than Hard Promises. Hard Promises has um, maybe higher highs, but yeah. I mean that A side on Hard Promises though. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Tom 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 Petty records are no- notoriously front loaded. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, but well, this isn't a Tom Petty podcast. This is the uh, petty cast I'm sure there is one, but I could, I, I could, could do it. a song by song with Tom Petty. <laughs> uh, there's the Blondie's "The Hunter," where she has really, really big hair. What's on yeah, the that's, hunt? That's not a good one. <laughs> "American Fool" by John Cougar, sucking on chili dogs. Did you see the TikTok of just where they changed all the words to, to that song to just sucking on chili dogs? Yes. <laughs> So good by George Harrison. This is what the old show was. Oh, yeah. beat. Special beat service. I almost missed it. That fucking fits with punk stuff. We probably should start. I think it really only matters. I think it only matters in the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. Because so much new wave is an extension of post-punk anyway. Uh, There's the thing score by Ennio Morricone. Barely by Ennio Morricone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that DB's record not on <laughs> Power Pop and Jangle Pop? This fucking website, guys. Um, we get shouted down, too, if you go into the comments on any of these like, and try and vote on genres. Okay, there's a soft sell record. Um, <laughs> There's a scientist record. You want to get into some dub? Uh, Kissing to be clever by Culture Club. Cheap trick one-on-one throbbing gristle <laughs> yeah okay okay patch sh- <laughs> yeah let's get into the format uh let's see well we were on format let's get into the album so we drew 1982 and i drew number 140 on the punk charts and it is flex your head a compilation by discord records let's get out to everybody ready what do i do <laughs> Compilations, interesting. We don't uh, we don't do compilations. It's our have first have- compilation. It is our first compilation. <laughs> it's uh, I had it- yeah, we're doing a throwback episode, and we we did a first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that I would have necessarily even done any other compilations if not for how this one was laid out. But we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I got some stats. And uh, flex your head was released. January nineteen eighty two on Discord Records. They pressed four thousand copies and sold out in one week. Then they pressed another three thousand copies in the US and then another two thousand in the UK through Alternative Tentacles. I guess they had like a deal with some like pressing plan over there. Uh and then there was a later 1985 reissue. There are four album covers for this record. Uh the very first one is the the original is the violin cover. Um and then there's the uh, DC flag. No, is that? Let's see. I have it written down here. Uh, first is the violent. No, second is the wheat, uh, the wheat mm-hmm. cover. I'm f- most familiar with the wheat cover. Uh, the third is the DC flag, which has the stars replaced with X's. It's just like a red cover. It's the current vinyl edition that's available right now as of 2021. Uh the fourth cover is a blurry picture of a man. <laughs> Just like a weird one. I was like, wonder why they chose to do a different cover every single time. They'd repressed it. Um Wheat cover's my favorite, but it's also a stock photo. The violin one's a stock photo. The flag I think is an original. So yeah. That's probably why they went with that one as the vinyl reissue. But weirdly, all the digital versions have the wheat cover. So you know. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this comp was, uh, treated as a sampler album for the Washington DC hardcore scene. Uh, all discord bands, though, some of the bands on here never released anything else on any other records. Uh, so it was kind of a debut for some bands, a lot of others. It was the last thing they did. Uh, some of its archival essentially. Um, it was just, it was designed to be a sampler for DC hardcore. Um, the recordings range from April 1980 to December 1981 which is nuts they finished recording in 81 and had it on vinyl by january 82. <laughs> turnaround times were much faster back then there were a lot of plants I mean it was how records were released <laughs> yeah yeah I saw I saw some screenshot of some it was an account that was like or like some website or something that was like about vinyl collectors, like famous vinyl collectors. And (laughs) there was like a screenshot of Jimi Hendrix, 100 records owned. (laughs) Like Jimi Hendrix could own music on any other format. (laughs) That's so dumb. (laughs) He had an extensive reel-to-reel collection. What else did you have? Didn't he die before 8-tracks were a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah so this compilation is broken down uh i guess i should have actually counted the number of tracks what's uh it's 32 tracks uh by one two three eleven bands so this isn't like a comp that we would later become aware of of just like every every track is a different band yeah kind of became the standard later so i guess this this fits the sampler idea um a lot of these, it's kind of interesting. So, like, a lot of these recordings, a lot of these songs are from larger recording sessions. And they just cherry-picked the best tracks and put them on here. And then a lot of this stuff did not get, like, actual releases for a very, very long time. So, I guess what we'll do is we, we're we just going to, like, go through the groupings of songs. We're not going to go, like, song by song. Um, we'll just like take the first band it'll you know, we'll just go down and just do like the first batch but before we do that, I wanted to get your overall impression on the entire thing before we dive into who's on here doing what? I think it's worth listening to i it I think it's great and very fitting that the first compilation we've ever done on the show is this compilation it's I mean it's one of the most notorious significant important, Compilations in all of punk history. I mean, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the, every single documentary he and Makai is in, he talks about this comp. I mean, it's, it's talked about endlessly and it's very easy to have never heard it. Uh, so I do think it's really worth going out and, and tracking it down and listening to it. Uh, listening to it on, I guess, YouTube's kind of the only way to do it. Um, you can buy it. Yeah, the way it's listed on uh, digital platforms like Spotify and Bandcamp is they have each artist has all their tracks together. But also not every artist, too. Some artists don't have theirs online, right. like the Bandcamp and the uh, Spotify. And they just use, yeah, they just put their name on it. And then it's their four tracks from Flex Your Head. This is essentially how they're dispersed on mm-hmm. so on digital platforms. Get the vinyl if you can, find the YouTube video, watch it that way. CD version, I'm sure, still exists in that house somewhere. <laughs> it, I read a Stereo Gum piece that described it as the Rosetta Stone of DC hardcore, and that's pretty accurate, because a lot of the bands on here informed what comes later in DC. Yeah. Uh, I think this is one of those ones that was a bigger deal back in in the day, as far as, like, In 82, it was a big deal because you're like, holy shit, look at all these bands, not knowing that most of them are broken up at this point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it was can't wait to go see the teen idols. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just like it's more important for when it came out and it's more today. It's probably more important. as just a historical reference for a lot of these bands and who's in these bands, because that's what I find the most interesting. Listening wise, where does this, are you like, hell yeah, it's good. Or are you more on the lines of it's interesting (laughs) or is it bad even? I think it's interesting to good. Mm -hmm. It has its little points, uh, which we will probably get into. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to land on the same ones. But I do think, I mean, a lot of these bands sound pretty similar. So it plays pretty cohesively. It almost is kind of like one band recorded this whole thing. Uh, there are some big distinctions in terms of some of the different, more recognizable voices on here, and in a few instances, some very unique guitar tones. But stylistically, they're all pretty consistent in terms of their, their songwriting style, their playing style. Um, and even the guitar tone, Even I'm sure most of them used the same Marshall amp. Where I'm sure they were all recorded... In the same studio. Some of them. I mean, I, I have that written down as well, too. Most of them, I would assume. Yeah, I'd say a majority of it. Yeah, is the same studio. Um. Yeah, you know, I've always joked about like L.A. Hardcore when well, I just like early 80s hardcore being like, oh, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And it's true. It's. I mean, it was also just such a new genre at the point that it was like, yeah, they just haven't expanded the definition of what hardcore is yet. But... I found myself enjoying this more than if this was, like, an L.A. hardcore comp. I think I like just the D.C. hardcore scene and Discord Records sound more overall than the overall L.A. scene. Definitely more than the New York and Boston scenes. Chicago hadn't really, like, popped off yet at this point. So I guess as far as, like, everybody who's doing stuff at this time, I like the D.C incarnation more though it's also branches from 80 to 81 or like you know, early 80 to the end of 1981 so like the, the the variety is kind of there but overall it's very listenable if you're into hardcore in general but uh, i guess we can start looking at the groupings uh, yeah we can break it down by artist yeah so we'll go we'll go by artist since that's how the whole thing is put together anyway yeah So, up first we have the Teen Idols. Three tracks, I Drink Milk, kami Song, and No Fun. No Fun is actually cover of The Stooges. No Fun. Uh, we talked about the Teen Idols once before. We did the Minor Disturbance EP. Uh, they were the first Discord band, and featured Ian Mackay, Jeff Nelson, Jordi Grindle, and Nathan Stregick in the band. Uh, we all know Ian and Jeff went on to form Minor Threat, as well as play in Egg Hunt, Skewball, slash Grand Union. and of course, would do Fugazi and Embrace. The evens, quirky, you know, runs Discord <laughs> records. You know who Ian McKay is. Yeah. Uh, Jeff would do uh, three and high-back chairs after Minor Threat. Um, we'll hear from Nathan again. Nathan will be on this comp again a little later, so yeah. I'll save him for later. Uh, and Jordy played in a band called Tone. Um, I think they are an instrumental band. So, T-Niles broke up in 1980, making this a super posthumous release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of these Teen Idols tracks? They sound like Teen Idols. I mean, they're just, they sound like Junior Minor Threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Fun is clearly the standout. Yeah. Of these three songs. Because adults wrote those songs. Right. Wrote that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were definitely still teenagers at this point. Yeah. Um, Call me song stood out to me. Did uh, Of the two originals, but yeah. So it, to me, that was the roughest sounding one, as far as I don't know production. I'm not maybe it was sure. just the production made it stand out. Yeah, they um this was recorded with Steve Carr. This is one of the few that was not Donzi and Tara. Uh, Steve Carr did this at another studio. I think it's it's before they just knew Don. I think uh, this is one of the handful of ones that was done by a different producer or a different engineer because there's no real producers on these, right? Um, Yeah, you know, it's the Teen Idols. Uh, I think Minor Disturbance is better, and probably, I don't know if this was recorded at the same time as those, but uh, it's possible. Uh, Those sounded a little heavier, so um, my guess is this was just from an earlier recording session, and they just wanted to put the songs out. But yeah, No Fun is like the standout of the Teen Idols songs. Okay, next we have another post-release. We have The Untouchables. Uh, Not to be confused with The Untouchables from England. Oh, this is, this is the, this is the Alec Mackay. <laughs> yeah. Untouchables. Yeah, so they existed from 1979 to 1981. Uh, broke up before this comp was released. We have Alec Mackay on vocals, Eddie Janney on guitar, Rich Moore on drums, and Bert Quiros, Quiros, Quiroz? On bass. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I should have looked up how to pronounce his name. Um, we'll hear from Bert again in a little bit as well. Uh, he was in the Meat Men, along with Rich. He was also in the band Rain, who we covered their EP, Lavashki. Rit. Rain is one of my favorite emo core records of all time. Um, Eddie would go on to play in Rites of Spring, uh, The Faith, One Last Wish, Happy Go Licky, Ski Ball Grand Union, and Alec would do The Faith, Ignition, The Warmers, and Currently Hammered Holes. Another one that was produ- or engineered by Steve Carr, uh, The Ma- Rest of the record looks like it's done by Donzi and Tara until we get to the B side. Oh, Steve Carr shows up again later as well. So Untouchables released three track, put three tracks on here. Rat Patrol, Nick Fit, and I Hate You. Um, what did you think of the Untouchables tracks on here? Felt like a progression of the Teen Idols. Just kind of a natural progression of DC hardcore in the early 80s. More put together than the Teen Idols for sure. But not extraordinarily Extraordinary songs, just fine. yeah, decent. You could tell these are the oldest ones, yeah. Just because, like, how they're recorded, or how the songs are written, they're young too. Alec is younger than Ian, and such. was are a little fuzzier, I guess, but it kind of makes sense with just like doing what Ian would do later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song Nick Fit is actually pretty famously covered by Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. It, done on that album with the little yarn doll thingy on the cover i don't know i didn't bother looking it up uh that's one of that's one of the good sonic youth records (laughs) (laughs) probably because they covered nick fit uh nick fit was um to me it was like the first like true hardcore song on this comp at least like kind of fitting in that like this is what a hardcore song sounds like definitely the standout amongst the first two batches of songs so rough it's you know a lot of this is rough (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's, it's not getting much better No. Uh, next we have State of Alert Also known as SOA Why do you Why do you From 1980 to 1981, another one that broke up. This is Wendell Blow on bass, Simon Jacobson on drums, Michael Hampton on guitar, and Henry Garfield on vocals. Warfield, <laughs> of course, who would later go on to change his name to Henry Rollins, and uh, we all know who Henry Rollins is. Um, Michael would later play in the Faith, Embrace, and One Last Wish. So you're going to see a trend where like three bands end, and they've all done like ten other bands each. Oh, this. Yeah when they called it the Rosetta stone to DC hardcore, it is literally in the sense that these are the same people in all of DC hardcore for the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Other um, than there's no bad brains on here. Like that's yeah. the only major, uh, which they, did, I guess they, I guess they didn't have anything to put on here at this point. Well, the raw, the Roar tape was in 82. Yeah. They just weren't on discord. Yeah. And a lot of these, most of these were broken up and they're all friends. Like these are their, f- we have Ian, Ian's band, Ian's brother's band, Ian's best friends band. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very much just like I know him. Let's put off his record. Um, state of alert. Put on the songs. I hate the kids. Disease, which is a UK subs cover. UK subs and stepping stone party. That's what it's called on um, some versions of the listing, which is a cover of the song Stepping Stone by Paul Revere and the Raiders and the Monkees. <laughs> so apparently this song was really popular cover in the DC hardcore scene. Uh, I think it's really funny that uh, Henry's band only had one song that was theirs, and even then, Lyle Presler from Minor Threat wrote it. So it's like State of Alert and SOA, we're just like this feels new, this feels earlier than the ep that soa put out later but no because they broke up no this recording though could have been earlier though i yeah i feel like it probably is it sounds like it is because because it doesn't even i mean it because yeah i mean soa they did no policy and then the then the demo Mm -hmm. the first demo i mean that was released in 2014 this sounds like probably recorded around the same time as first demo this could be the same thing as the first demo, honestly, because yeah. some of these do get released later. I guess I should look at the first demo to see what tracks are on it. No, not the same songs. No, oh, Stepping Stones on there and Diseases on there. So yeah, probably. Uh, I hate the kids is not though. That's the one that's like the original. Maybe Lyle's like, no, you can't have that song. <laughs> that was uh, Donzi and Tara and Skip Skip Groff uh, did that song. Um, how how do these Henry songs sound to you. I'm trying to see if I hate the kids by hot snakes is a cover of the song. It didn't sound like it. So I don't think it is. But this one, I definitely perked up. Mm-hmm. Like it's the first. Yeah, it's the first significant departure on this release. Um, Mostly because Henry, I mean, his voice really stands on its own. There's not a lot of vocalists that really sound like him. He doesn't have as full of a voice yet. He's, He's got he's, that raspy, kind of hoarse yell here. He He's not as well recorded here, either. Yeah, he hadn't quite found... Well, you know, he hadn't joined Black Flag yet, so, like, that, like, forced, constant practice The Black Flag always did, you know, he was going to find his voice in Black Flag and going to get to a point where he keeps it that way because he has to or otherwise he's out of the band, or he destroys his voice. So this is him not knowing exactly who he is vocally yet. And even his name, he's still not Henry Rollins yet. He's still Henry Warfield. So I always wonder he was called Henry Warfield on some docs, but it's definitely Garfield, right? Like, (laughs) he just chose to say Warfield instead of Garfield, right? I think it is pronounced Warfield. Is it? Are we spelling, are we saying Warfield the cat's name wrong? I it's hate my name Jarfield. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that they contributed two covers out of the all the bands. I don't know. I don't know if that's truly how it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> Moving on. We have two tracks contributed by Minor Threat. Here we go. So surprisingly, we haven't covered Minor Threat before. <laughs> Too obvious i think that is actually what's happening uh we may never get to them because it's too obvious it's Uh, like the misfits i mean other than when we've forced it (laughs) yeah but that was even still a jerry only misfits uh minor threat this was the third thing they released period uh they had the self-titled uh and they had the in my eyes seven inch and then they actually broke up in 1981 Everybody forgets that they broke up and reunited. So this came out after they broke up and before they got back together to do out of step. Um we don't threat. It's Ian Mackay on vocals, Brian Baker on bass, Jeff Nelson on drums, and Lyle Presler on drum oops, oops, Jeff Nel... Lyle Presler's on guitar. <laughs> I got drummers twice. Uh Brian would later play in Bad Religion, Government Issue, The Meat Men and Dag Nasty. And Lyle would also play in The Meat Men and Sam Hain. And he kind of disappears. The yeah, he does the Discord story. Uh, they only do two songs: uh, "Stand Up" and "12xU." And "12xU" is a Wire cover. Yep. Also, very popular in the DC scene. Uh, apparently, you could go to shows and hear multiple bands sing "12xU," which is weird. <laughs> they all loved that Wire record, I guess. Um, I mean, it's Pink Flag. I mean, it it base and Pink Flag is basically like the first hardcore record. Yeah. Like it was such a different sound for punk, which is why it was called post punk. <laughs> and then very clearly minor threat is definitely like, Oh yeah, they're one of the best hardcore bands ever. <laughs> yeah. They stand miles above almost everything else on this record. Yeah. Like it's really weird to hear these songs in the context of this record. Cause you've heard these songs on like the, the minor threat comp, you know, Discography yeah. compilation and whatever burn CD that you, you have of Minor Threat songs that you stole from the internet. Yeah, twelve X U definitely shows that they they released it on another release too, like before the discography stuff. So yeah. even they're like, oh no, we got to put twelve X U on there. <laughs> it's just <okay>. it's ours. <laughs> I mean, even stand up is like not even that well known of a Minor Threat song, like. I don't know. It's not like the one like one of the songs you think of. I know the 12XU song better than I know stand-up. Yeah. But again, it's just like whoa, here we go. Here's a real band, which is true. This is the most like professional band, even though they were still really young at the time. Yeah. I mean as much as like, you know, I get a kick out of hearing State of Alert and how different they are compared to Untouchables and Teen Idols, Minor Threat are just, they're so much better band. <laughs> Yeah. So moving on, we've got government issue next. the next band We discussed Government Issue before with the Legless Bull EP, but it's 10 tracks, so whatever you want to call that. They were one of the only bands not broken up when they released this comp. Uh, in fact, Government Issue would, like, go on for a really long time. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot John, of member changes. Yeah. This has John Stab on vocals, John Barry on guitar, Mark Alberstadt on drums, and Brian Gay on bass. Most of them, you know, Government Issue was, like, the thing they did, so. Mm-hmm. They contributed two songs as well. I guess they were like, well, we're not going to use all the songs from the bands that have, like, albums to release. So they gave us Hey Ronnie and Lie, Cheat, and Steal. I love a Ronald Reagan song. (laughs) Yeah. It's my favorite, like, leftover from the uh, 80s hardcore scene. There's a couple specifically political songs on here. Because I feel like hardcore was still general, like, generalizing kind of more concerned with social themes and not specifically political government issue was a very political band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, these are very much in the more professional vein. Like you could tell these were more, you know, like they were more legit band at this point. They weren't high schoolers who'd broken up before the record <laughs> came out. Um, yeah. Cause light, and you know, that's also a, a Reagan song specifically Specifically responding to President Reagan. Um, what do you think of these two, though? Cause that's got the line... Uh, the first the first verse of that song is President tells us we gotta cut back. Says if we don't there'll be no escape, but he's laughing behind your back because you're paying for his new drapes. <laughs> uh, talking about uh, Nancy Reagan renovating the White House. <laughs> so, How do these songs stack up for you? Government Issue is a band that I'm just Don't think I'm ever really going to get into. It's fine. Yeah, these are, yeah, even This is early government issues, so it's even more like, eh, it's fine. Um, I'd probably be more intrigued by the later material by them, but I've never really dove into them. They're just one of those bands that I'm just like, "Eh, they're cool. Not for me, though. Uh, Continuing, we're on the last batch of songs on the A side, and we have Youth Brigade, not to be confused with the California Youth Brigade who lasted forever and started byo records and you know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this exists. They only existed for 1981. That's it. I, uh, I told you, we get back to him. Uh, here's Bert again from the untouchables. Uh, he's back on bass, and we also have Nate, uh, Nathan from the teen idols is here on vocals. Uh, we have Danny Ingram on drums and Tom Clinton on guitar. They provide three tracks, moral majority, waste of time. And last word, and off the bat, Nate sounds way better here than he did in Teen Idols. That being mm-hmm. said, he's also older. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the first step down in quality, though, mm-hmm. I think. I think it builds up into Minor Threat and Government Issue is pretty kind of c- keeping that same consistency. But I think Youth Brigade, they were not together long enough, probably, to really get good. So it's kind of hard to fault them. They're decent sounding songs. Moral majority is probably the strongest of the three. Yeah. Yeah, last word felt like it was recorded in a different session. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, you're right, though. It is, like, a step backwards as far as, like, we were progressing. Um, I mean, maybe they lined it this way up specifically, though, because they wanted to break up. They didn't want, like, the same, like... They didn't want four bands in a row with the same, like, sound. (laughs) Yeah. But it's definitely, like, not... Yeah. I mean the standout for sure if we're talking about sequencing i think it's a good way to close out the a side though i mean it does tie into those members from the first band on here it kind of closes a chapter almost of dc hardcore the earliest days of dc hardcore because what follows on the b side are where things get a little more interesting yeah yeah Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I know, I think I know which one you're talking about, too, that sounds the most like this side. (laughs) It is almost chronological, too. I do wonder if that's part of it. Uh, Moving on to the B side, we have Red Sea. tracks to this release too many, um, too many. <laughs> uh, red sea existed in 1981 as well and this is the only thing they ever released uh, youth brigade at least had like a seven inch in 81 um, this is eric l or eric lagdem lagdameo on vocals uh, peter murray on guitar tony young on bass and thomas squip on drums peter would later play in marginal man and again on this comp and tomas would play in fidelity jones and beef eater uh tony is the only black woman on this compilation uh she played in a band called dove uh but she never recorded with them Uh, i think eric was in that band as well uh she never recorded them because she uh died of pneumonia in the mid-80s so like she's like in her 20s and she dies um shocking uh very young I feel like we potentially lost somebody who could have been really big in the scene. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. Red Sea's not huge either, but also because they're limited to this compilation. Yeah. Um. So four tracks, Jimmy 45, Pressure's On, Six O'Clock News, and Assassin. Too many, huh? What would you cut? The instrumental one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't add anything. It's kind of a weird way to start the B-side. Yeah. My guess is they were just like, we only have a couple, but I think there is more material that just never got a release. Yeah. Discord's the type of label that in like three years, we're going to see like the red sea sessions and it'll be yeah. like 12 tracks or something, but they chose these. Um, yeah, I would do just start with pressures on pressures on is fucking rips, like true <laughs> pressures on is really good. Uh, ceremony would later cover this song on their album. Violence, violence, oh. uh, so I knew this song. Like listening to it, I was like, "Why do I know this song so well?" And then I <laughs> looked it up. Like, "Oh yeah, it's because I heard another band do it." I don't. This is like Red Sea kind of remind me of like Minutemen a little bit. Like especially that instrumental one. Mm-hmm. It's got like a disco beat. It's kind of dancey. There's like a cowbell on Six O'clock News, and it has like a real funky bass line. Just like kind of in the bridge. I mean, Red Sea. We're doing kind of what discord would be known for later yeah way before discord would be known for it <laughs> yeah. and it's got like a european trans, like tomas i think is from sweden maybe and <laughs> like he just like moved to dc and then just walked down the street and saw a bunch of punks being interviewed for like a news show i wonder if that's what it was always like in dc in like 82 you just go <laughs> down the street and there's a punk being interviewed we need some fluff the news tonight um do a youth culture spot the youth are scary that definitely was the take and they (laughs) hate ronald reagan (laughs) i i'm gonna say it now i think this is my favorite batch of songs on the whole comp i love these red sea songs pressure's on is amazing yeah pressure's on is great it they're cool they're weird they're different it's (laughs) it is really interesting to hear these songs um Especially on this comp, mm-hmm. because like I said, with that A side, it's pretty consistent, like just kind of upgrading in quality up to a point. Um, but this is something very different and would definitely make more sense as a SST band. Yeah, I definitely got the SST vibes on that or what's what SST would do later. Yeah, I would love to hear if there's more material. <clears throat> Ian's just got to dig the tape out. Oh, yeah, I got it back here. It's in a box somewhere (laughs) in that house. Yeah. Okay, moving on. We have Void next. The infamous Void from the Void-Faith split. Uh, Faith-Void split. They contribute three tricks. Dehumanized, Authority, and My Rules. Uh, Void was actually still active uh, after the release of this comp. They released a couple more things. I think 83 is when they finally broke up. They're famous for being super ahead of their time and... Uh, stealing the faiths, or <laughs> the side of the uh, faith split, just being like, blowing everybody away. Void was John Weifenbach on vocals, Bubba Dupree on guitar, Christopher on bass, and Sean Finnegan on drums. Most of them didn't do much else except Bubba Dupree played with Brant Bjork in his band. Like, that's the only real other credit anybody has on this band. Void, yeah, fucking, they were one of the heaviest Discord bands from this time period. Uh, Bubba Debris uh, he appears also on uh some Soundgarden um Moby. I don't know what he did with Moby. <laughs> um something with Dave Grohl. Yeah, these void songs and the void side of the faith split. Wow. <laughs> That's some wild shit. It's like it's almost like germs. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of that if you wanted more germs, this is it. Yeah. The there's their side of the the faith split is definitely the best material they released, but this is really cool. And it definitely is just like, what this is too far, <laughs> too like different for this time period. Yeah, kind of a kind of a template for Screamo. Yeah, in a lot of ways, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, also like kind of uh, famously influential to like a lot of like stoner, uh stoner doom revival bands as well for for being a continuation of sabbath in a lot of ways too i always got like converge vibes like converge mm. probably were big void fans yeah or at least the bands that converge was inspired by were void fans yeah uh moving on we have iron cross uh this they were one of the newer bands on the comp they had released some stuff after flex your head so they were still around um wendell blow is back from state of alert he's on bass here and we have sab gray on vocals um we also have mark haggerty of the band gray matter and later three as well as dante ferrando who was also in gray matter and ignition on drums this is one of the few so okay this was recorded by tom scott he was the engineer and produced by chris haskett It was one of the ones that was not Donzi and Tara and not Chris or Steve Carr. Um, It shows to me. It's a big step backwards in quality. They contribute three songs, War Games, New Breed and Live For Now. I think these are the worst songs on Flex Your Head. Yeah, I don't like Iron Cross. No, I don't like that they're called Iron Cross. I don't like that they have an Iron Cross in a lot of their album artwork. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this. It's really fuzzy. The vocals are like lower, but like not as confident. Uh, I mean, Iron Iron Cross—they're not racists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like. I don't want to. I don't want to put that on them because they're not. Um, no, it doesn't mean song... I have to like it that they use yeah, the Iron no, Cross though. No, <laughs> no that's not I mean, not ideal. I love Motorhead and they use it all the time, but you know. Used a lot of Nazi imagery <laughs> on his his costumes or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, not a fan. Mark and Dante, I think, like left pretty quick. I don't know if they're even on their Skinhead Glory EP seven inch that came out in eighty two. God. But they're not even like an Oi band. Like, I mean, maybe their later stuff is more Oi, but these aren't. Though Haggerty is on the next is on the uh, eighty three Hated and Proud yeah i didn't like it <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i mean it's not gray matter on the other hand that's a great band <laughs> up next we have artificial peace I'm walking down let's be blimey- In suburban wasteland. They existed for a year after Flex Your Head. Uh, personnel on this record is Peter Murray from Red Sea. He's back and Steve Polcari on vocals, Rob Moss on bass, and Mike Manos on drums. Peter, Steve, and Mike all later for Marginal Man. Uh, they said, we don't care about you, Rob, and moved on, <laughs> which isn't true. They were in another band together. Uh, Salt and Battery, I think, was that band with Rob. I th- used to call Artificial Peace one of the better unknown bands in the Discord discography. Like, the one of those ones that, like, only did a comp, or, like, and a seven inch. Yeah. I do think the song suburban wasteland is incredible. It's their third track. They contribute after artificial Peace and outside looking in, um, for some reason I knew it really, really well. And I don't know if it was covered by someone else, but I don't, or if I just put it on a mixed CD at one point and that's why I remember it so well. <laughs> um, they have like on the song artificial piece, there's like this like kind of surfy sounding guitar with like a like a wah effect. Um, i don't know i like it i like artificial peace they're a little different i'm trying to see if someone covered that song because i knew it too Hmm. now that song is on like the american hardcore compilation so it could have been just it's on there yeah i guess it's just one of the songs that's out, out there like you're you're probably gonna hear it if you're ever digging into this era of hardcore yeah it was um i think there's even a movie called suburban wasteland is also probably a term that's thrown around a lot. It's one of those sub... It's a suburb song. Like, you know, Hardcore has a lot of those. Yeah. So it, it fits in, like, the Descendants, like, suburb songs, almost. And finally, we have Deadline, who they released a recording in 1989 on Peterbilt Records. that's titled 8282, uh, which means they recorded it after this compilation. Uh, they were one of the few other... Active band still on the flex your head. Deadline were Ray Hare on vocals, Chris Karen on guitar, Terry Scanlon on bass, and Brendan motherfucking Canty Mm -hmm. (laughs) on Mm -hmm. drums. We have the fuck uh, Fugazi, Red Spring, One Last Wish, Happy Go Licky, The Mesthetics, Brendan Canty. (laughs) They contribute three songs, Stolen Youth, Hear the Cry, and Aftermath. This feels like a step down, too. Yeah, well, it closes the whole thing on the classic Discord sound. Yeah. They uh, listening to it. I was like, the drums are the best part. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of noticeable because the guitars is just that standard. Like it's the same thing you hear on the State of Alert song. It's the same thing you hear on the uh, the uh, 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 <gasps> the Youth Brigade Youth songs. Brigade. Yeah, and the Untouchables. You had no yeah, real standout guitar playing either. Like it's it's fine. Yeah, Ian McKay P- mixed punk it. chords played fast. Ian McKay and Jeff Nelson actually mixed these songs. Uh, Ian also mm, produced the Artificial Peace song, so that might be why those songs are so good. Um, yeah, Deadline. Do, yeah. I guess they just wanted to close it out on like a very a familiar sound for the Discord record. And there we have it. It is the end of Flex Your Head, our first compilation. So now that we've talked about it, how is it? Good? Do we win? Did we win? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's a classic punk comp that is worth listening to. Yeah, I can't say that This is Boston is worth listening to compared to this one. I don't know. I'm not listening to it myself. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's worth worth listening to if you're interested in the beginnings of Discord records. They didn't have much, really, at this point. This was Discord number seven. So, like, you know, they didn't have anything. That's why most of this record is made up of bands that were already broken up. Oh, you know... How you said Lyle Presler kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, so he re- he retired from performing. He ran Caroline Records. He signed oh. Benfold and Chemical Brothers and Fatboy Slim. <laughs> um, oh yeah, he, he had a career. <laughs> yeah he he was a marketing exec for Electra Records and Sire Records. He got his law degree in two thousand seven. Yeah, looking at everything Discord had put out up until this point. There's the Minor Disturbance EP, Teen Idols. There's the SoA EP. There's the first two Minor Threat EPs. Uh, there's a There's the first government issue EP. There's the Youth Brigade EP. And then there's this. They've got a half here. Uh, Necros. They call that Discord Four and a Half. Not entirely sure. I wonder if that was a split release with somebody else. Yeah, Touch and Go was the other. It was a split release. And then they also helped release the SSD Control. That's Seven and a Half. And then yeah, right after Flex your head is Faith Void Split. So, <laughs> uh, and an Iron Cross EP. So you know Discord was slow going. I mean, Minor Threat was the the thing for them, which makes sense. It's Ian's label. Um, yeah, I mean, and they'd put out a record, and then they couldn't put anything out else out until they sold a bunch of copies. Yeah, of whatever they had just put out. So, is this the first LP for Discord? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's worth noting. That's probably why it contributed to it selling so fast, too. Yeah, well, Faithful. you can get so much material for for your buck. I mean, Faith was on an LP, too. Because so. what did they sell it for? I have no idea. $8? <laughs> probably not even that much, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out if you're interested in the beginning days. And even then, if you're just curious about like what Rites of Spring band you know, members were doing before Rites of Spring. They're all there, except for like, Gee. Yeah. Yeah, There's no Gee, there's no Joe Lally, yeah, Lall- Joe Lally, yeah, so there's only half of Hugazi on here, but you know, definitely worth looking into. And that'll do it. Uh, you can follow us on all forms of social media or Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at punkletopod, punkletopodgmail.com. Voicemail line 202 688 punk. We're doing this backwards, lucky numbers. Uh, Patreon, <laughs> yeah. Go follow us at uh dot luck dot lucky <laughs> it's not dot lucky lucky numbers. <laughs> uh dot com. Uh get your lucky numbers. Um please subscribe to our Patreon for a dollar. You get bonus content, which so far is mostly us looking deeper at the charts. So if you didn't get enough of our chart digging at the top of this episode, uh go find out what else was going on. In punk there is actually actually despite as much as we talked about um off of the first page of punk charts there's even still a lot more significant stuff to talk about from this year so go check that out yeah i'm really wishing we'd done our patreon uh plug at the top but (laughs) got stuck in old format uh yeah so that'll do it for us this week